Keine Ahnung. You're a rich girl and you're going too far because you know it don't matter anyway. You can rely on the old man's money. You can rely on the old man's money. Everybody pile on into Mackie's clubhouse, but do it covertly because private eyes, they're watching you. Uh, I am Kevin. And I am Bitch Girl. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Finally, your high school nickname has come back in style. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, my high school nickname was Clarence. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's a good one. <laughs> yeah. Well, what are you going to do? It's all anyway. ladies, I'm sure. Yeah. Hey, um, Clarence. So we're back into the shield, Jake. Oh, yeah. That's what we're doing here. Yeah. Episode <laughs> seven. We're into... Yeah. I don't know how many episodes. I still haven't looked how many are in this season, but I'm guessing... Oh, uh, this is a regular 13. Yeah. So we're, you know, at the halfway point, essentially. Yep. Yep. This episode, we cross over into the second half there, and uh, what a two episodes it was. <laughs> was it? Because least... I thought these two episodes were kind of like, eh. That's the thing is like parts of these episodes were very good, and then parts of them were just ugh, <laughs> like a chore to get through. Yeah, I mean, I'll tell you, in the hour and a half we what I watched today between two episodes, you know, forty five minutes apiece, I'd say there was like six good minutes in there. <laughs> the rest of it was like, yeah, whatever, all right. Yeah, there's a lot to talk about because certain areas I feel like they really missed missed some boats this ep- these couple episodes, but um. I guess we'll get into it here. Uh, so episode seven of season two is where we're at. Barnstormers yeah. is uh, this episode. Written by Scott Rosenbaum. Uh, directed by... Scott Winant. Oh. Battle yeah. of the Scots this week. Yeah. I, I, I never <laughs> heard of this guy. He, uh, I guess he uh, oh. he directed a bunch of True Bloods and like he was, like, I guess, on 30-something. Hmm. Um, but he also directed the pilot episode of Dead Like Me. You ever watch Dead Like Me? Because I oh, we, yeah. we love that show over here, Dead Like Me. Yeah, that show was great. I found out about it way later, like after it was already way canceled. But, yeah, I like that show a lot. Yeah, it's fun. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I like it. And uh, so, yeah, he directed the pilot uh, for that ep- or for that series. And uh, original air date for this, Jang, 2-18-2003. Oh, Okay. You know, that was a long, that's 17 years ago, man. <laughs> that was a long time ago. It's so long. <laughs> yeah, season two was like when I got into The Shield, so that was probably like December it, it aired, and yeah, it sounds about right. I was probably in my like sophomore year or something like that. Of college? Yeah. Now, did you go away to college, or did you live at home and commute to college every day? Uh, sadly, I was forced to go away. <laughs> Oh, I would have I, much rather stayed home and uh, commuted, but that was not an option. Um, I like being at home. <laughs> I, well, I understand that, but college is different. Like, you were probably fucking all kinds of girls, right? Yeah, not so much. No? <laughs> I was more, I hate it here, and I hate everyone here. Oh. Huh. <laughs> Can't this go quicker? So you were like a real genius. Yeah, pretty much. All right. I was like, I peaked in high school, and even that wasn't much of a peak, but comparatively, it was a peak. I don't think I ever peaked. <laughs> yeah. It's just been plateau since day one, I think. 
Yeah. Well, Anyways, Jake. No highs or lows. Yeah, we're, we're digressing at this point. Yeah, <laughs> we're talking about the shield. Oh, the yeah. Shield also the shield. plateaued this week. It just kind of like it starts off and then it just ends there, too. <laughs> but we see the strike team. They are, uh, you know, they're, they're staking out the uh, money train hideout and stuff. Like they're mm-hmm. practicing. They're getting schematics, photos, Lemsing and Rich Girl for some reason. <laughs> I don't know why. I guess it's his favorite. I don't know. Or he thinks that's just good heist music. Yeah. Oh yeah. no, it gets him in the in the zone. Like they played that stupid Kid Rock up, or song in the first episode, but now he's like, "This is what gets me hyped." Yeah. I like Private Eyes though. That's solid. Yeah, that song's great. And then Ronnie shows up late, and Vic's all like, "Listen, man, you can't be fucking late if we're gonna rob the money train." And he's like, "Oh, I think some dude was following me, or maybe it was the pizza guy or something." <laughs> Something he, he makes some comment like that. Yeah, the whole being greenlit thing is really getting to Ronnie this episode. He's like the one who's kind of taking it seriously and be like, oh god, I think they're after me. Yeah. And uh, turns out he's kind of right later on. <laughs> he was yeah. right to be worried. Kinda. Uh, so we find out. Mar- one thing I do like about this scene though is, um, before we move on, is that they're planning all this stuff like, oh, this guy stands here and all this shit. But they said earlier that this thing moves around every couple of months and um. Like, things are probably going to be different by the time they do it. Yeah, I, I agree. There's no way that this money train is going to use the same building again, I wouldn't Yeah. Think. You would think, like, in the months until the next money train, that's what they're doing, scouting another location, figuring out, like, okay, we can come in this way, go out that way, and we'll be done, and then, boom, we'll run it for two months, and nobody will ever know. Yeah. I don't know. I'm also kind of curious how they know when it's going to be. Because, I mean, even if they know where it's at, like, how do you know what night is money train night? That guy that gave him this information is obviously cut off from everything now. He's not going to tell you shit. So yeah. did he know the entire schedule for the rest of the year? Like, this is the money train days. Yeah, he don't know. Yeah. I don't get it. Yeah, I don't get it either. Um. Anyways, uh, is all pissy at Dutch. Because Dutch sucks these last few days. And he's like, basically, you know, this Marcy girl, uh, she's getting eight years when she should be getting more because you kind of let that girl die while she sat out in the parking lot. Basically, they're blaming Dutch for for that girl. So the chief is pissed off about it. It's become a whole thing that's, you know, gone up the flagpole and everybody's pissed at Dutch. Yeah. Yeah. Everybody's mad at Dutch. Uh, Vin, or Vic gets woken up at his his hotel room or motel or whatever you want to call that thing. <clears throat> There's some kind of domestic disturbance going on. The uh, manager or whatever, like, oh, Vic, you got to help me out. So, you know, Vic goes over there, and that girl who answers the door, you know, because mm-hmm. she opens the door and like the, the dude's not there. I guess I don't remember him being there. He's not. There. Nope, He's not there at this point. No, just her. But I guess that, he must have gotten pissed and stormed out. Um, that girl, have you ever seen the movie Lean on Me? Uh, yes. Okay, you remember like, you remember the one girl that like really loved Joe Clark? Like, I've known him since kindergarten or whatever, and she's kind of like the main girl throughout the the entire movie. Oh, okay. I'm pretty sure that's her. Oh. I'm like. I don't remember if it was like, a, you know, Alicia or something like that, but I'm pretty sure that's that girl. 
Oh, okay. I was but, really hoping you were going to come up with some Pacific Blue appearances for her, but uh, <laughs> yeah. Well, maybe. I didn't look. I into- tried look. I tried looking for the major guest stars, see if any of them appeared on Pacific Blue, and nothing. No. Oh. I wish yeah. there was a good way on like IMDb to just cross search things, you know, like the Shield and Pacific Blue. Give me what you got. They should have the uh, like the IPBDB. <laughs> yeah. That's yes. <laughs> Just constant Pacific Blue references, and, you know, I can search all, you know, everything should base off of that. Fuck Six Degrees of Kevin Bacon. It's like <laughs> one degree of Pacific Blue. Like, if you weren't affiliated with that, then you probably shouldn't even be in Hollywood anymore. <laughs> yep. Um. So, Dutch is going to take the, the – this girl's giving her confession or whatever, this Marcy – Mm-hmm. The one from a few episodes ago, it was like, sorry, daddy, or whatever. Like, she was kind of mocking Dutch the whole time. Okay. Yeah, she's the one who started Dutch on his whole bad attitude, basically. It was the fact that she fooled him. Yeah. And um, the thing I find weird here is, like, you don't think her lawyer would be there? Because it's not <laughs> like she's just giving her story. Like, Dutch is asking her questions and stuff. And you would really yeah. think that her lawyer would be there as to not incriminate her on things. Well, at this point, she has made a deal. Like, she basically, you know, gave up Bob and was like, all right, you know, I'll get a reduced sentence if uh, if you just, you know, go after Bob. And I'll give you some testimony against him and shit like that. So I think the deal's already in place. All she has to do is tell the truth now. So anything she says to implicate herself is fine because, you know, she's already got a deal. <laughs> they want Bob. They've decided. All right. All right. So then in the next scene, here's another weird scene in this episode. So, like, the strike team's right outside the precinct, like, you know, wherever they park their cars, all the all the squad cars and shit. Mm-hmm. The parking lot, I guess you want to call it. Um, so they're all out there, but the, the, they got rocks and they're all hunched on the ground and they're planning the money heist like right there outside the yeah. place of the stones. Big you know, Does that make any kind of sense to you? No, that's a that's a terrible idea. You yeah. should not be talking about this anywhere on police grounds. No, my <laughs> God. Although there's a lot of that going on in this episode as we'll get to Julian's storyline where it's like, uh. why are you doing this here? Yes. This is a bad time for this. So Vic and Shane go get a real estate guy. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So basically, like, they they, they go find this dude and because they say uh, we're going to make him afraid, more afraid of us than the whatever, the going to jail. So yeah, basically this is the guy who apparently helped Tio buy his comic book stores in the first place. Uh, he's very good at like handling these cash deals that uh, don't have as much of a paper trail. He does a lot of work with drug dealers and shit like that. Uh, so, so they're looking to find something to invest all the money in from the money train robbery once that happens. That won't be traced back to them, essentially. Yes. We launder it. And this is where we get the theme song, Jank. Eight minutes, 50 seconds. Bum, 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 bum. That's a long one. That's, that's, that's yeah. late, man. Yeah, they're really pumping it in there. Um, Vic wants to put that abused neighbor of his into that lady's shelter, but that lady's like, I ain't got no room in my lady's shelter. So, uh, yeah, there's a, something else out. 
Vic's storyline in this episode is honestly probably the worst part to me. Really? Um, I mean, I like the part, there's a part later on where it gets interesting, but it's a lot of, uh, she's never going to get help, and Vic's just saying, no, she will, and she's like, no, she won't, and Vic's like, yeah, she will, and they just go back and forth over and over again about that. Yeah, I hear you. Uh, it's repetitive. Um, uh, let's see. Okay, so... <clears throat> Once again, okay, so we get back to that lady. So it comes in where Vic is like, uh, that girl's in the interview room, and Vic and that Emma go in there, and they're talking to the to the abused girl. Mm-hmm. And Vic's like, listen, we're putting you in or whatever, and this and that. And then I think he gets a phone call because he has to leave real quick. But the thing I don't understand is why is that – battered woman's lady why is she hanging out at the precinct all day like yes I understand why she's there i wondered that too that seems like an issue i mean she's she's not police in any way no she's just someone who runs a you know battered woman's shelter like she shouldn't be alone with a suspect well i mean not even a suspect but Anybody? like yeah She's got free reign over this place. I mean, like. she's she, upstairs walking in and out of rooms and shit. There's no way that would happen. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. That, it, just, uh, it does seem weird. I mean, maybe because she's trying to help these women get help. I can see there's a chance. But, yeah, the fact that no one even questions it no. is, is strange. I hear you. Uh, Claudette and Dutch, uh, they go to a crime scene where there's a, a lady who was strangled with her own bra. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, <laughs> I don't know. It, it, this whole episode's weird. Um, it is. It's a very weird. Uh, Dutch is being a real, he's really being pissy at this point because Aceveda said that Claudette called him moody and stuff like that. So he's like, oh, if I'm not too moody to fucking handle this case. So he's just being a little bitch the entire oh, time. Oh, such a bitch. <laughs> he is so butthurt. Uh, Danny, we find out she got passed over for a promotion, and it turns out it's because of, you know, all the complaints from that Muslim lady's wife. Yeah. Now now they don't want to touch Danny for a promotion or anything right now. But guess who shows up next, Jank? Tulips! Tulips in the house! Oh, God, you know I enjoyed the hell out of this. Yeah, I know. So she's got this plan where she wants... Uh, she's trying to get her ex-boyfriend or whatever arrested, and Shane Shane wants nothing to do with it, but Vic's like, come on, man, it's an easy bust for our record or whatever, and, you know, we're going to do it. Yeah. I wonder, the thing that uh, seems odd to me is, like, how long is she dating this guy? Because wasn't she with that other guy, the pipe guy, <laughs> in the last time she was here, which was only a couple of weeks ago? Oh, yeah. Yeah, but I mean, come on. She seems. Like, I mean, she yeah. She doesn't seem like the long-term relationship type. Yeah. Um. So Claudette goes into Aceveda at this point, and like, why the fuck are you telling Dutch shit I said? And and, and Aceveda's all like, you know, it ain't even me anymore. It's the chief that's pissy about all, all, all his bullshit. Um. Let's see. Oh, so Vic goes. He goes to the to the apartment of the, uh, the domestic abuse lady, and, and her boyfriend's there. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Vic just comes in, and he's like, who the <laughs> fuck are you? 
he's yeah. there to get clothes for her. Um, basically, he's like, you're going to the shelter. I'm going to go home and get you some clothes and shit like that. And uh, this guy just immediately is angry as fuck. <laughs> Does oh, not yeah. want Vic to be there. Yeah. Uh, and Vic's just kind of quiet. He's just quietly going about his business because he knows it's going to make this guy angrier. And uh, eventually the guy does kind of start putting his hands on Vic. And Vic's like, oh, shit, now it's on. <laughs> hey, oh, thank you. You just like, made me a happy man. Yeah, he says something like that, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, so we get this fucking scene where, like, Julian tells his fiance that he was gay at some point, And she ain't down with any of this. Yeah. yeah she's like, <laughs> oh, oh, hell. It, takes her, it seems like it takes her a long time to kind of catch on, like. Yeah, that prayer group I go to, it's not just, you know, Bible study. Oh, yeah. what is it? <laughs> Making crafts for Jesus? No. Uh, no, it's not. Not quite that. Uh, They're just kind uh, of beating the gay out of me. Let's see. So, Claudette and Dutch are interviewing this fat guy they got upstairs. This Now, they've already been in, like, one other time, so they're in there... <laughs> <laughs> the poor guy. Do you, do you know who that is, Jank? Oh, no. You remember that? You know that episode of The Office where, you know. <gasps> Tony yeah. Gardner? That's Tony Gardner, yeah. Oh, That's... shit. They just did that one on uh, Office Ladies today. Oh, uh, did they really? Yeah, the merger. <laughs> I don't think I'm working here anymore. <laughs> yeah, that episode. I didn't even realize that was him. Yeah. They're nifty gifties. <laughs> Um, so, uh, they think he killed the girl in the park with the bra, but they can't get him to, you know, admit to anything at this point right now. Yeah, they know he had a blind date with her last night, so it seems like he was the last person that saw her alive, which is suspicious. Uh, but he says he wasn't attracted to her, so he just went home. Yeah. story. So, Shane and Tulips are trying to set the boyfriend up for a drug deal, and they're they're coordinating all that, and they're all at Tony Gardner's apartment looking through his shit, and Claudette, and, like, Dutch ain't saying nothing, because Dutch is on such a cold streak and shit, he, he just wants to shut the fuck up, but Claudette's like, well, what do you think, what, what's going on here, and he gives his theory about, you know. He, you know, whatever he says. I can't remember. He, he basically he, is like, oh, he signs, shows signs of being a serial killer or maybe a serial rapist. Like, of course, everything's a serial something with you, Dutch. <laughs> it's never just that, yeah, this one, he did this one time. It's always up, serial killer. Yeah. But uh, <laughs> he thinks maybe if, if he is, it's probably his first one or first or second. And uh, his kind of warning signs, he sees like, oh, there's red flags all over. Like, uh, he's so organized and he's. He's uh, really into fantasy, and I was like, oh, those are warning signs. I hope no one looks in my place. <laughs> <laughs> my DVDs are very neatly organized. <laughs> yeah, I love me some comic books. <laughs> are, are you a clean freak? Like, are you always dusting and shit at your house? Oh, no. I, I dust rarely, if ever. <laughs> if ever. <laughs> <laughs> So your DVDs are in alphabetical order and all nightly, or, nicely organized, but the ones you haven't watched like in a while probably have, yeah, they got a quarter inch on top. Yeah. All right. Fair enough. That's good. Then. Probably you, doesn't help with my allergies, but you know. Whenever you see somebody yawn, do you yawn? Uh, yeah. Because I've heard, like, if you're a psychopath, you don't yawn. 
Oh yeah, I think I did hear that. So you're good. You're you passed the test. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, let's see where are we at. Uh, Vic and that Emma lady somehow trick that girl into staying in the the shelter. Something about like oh. Yeah, they're like, your boyfriend's going to have to go to jail for a yeah. night. This, this scene was worded very strangely. Yeah. Like, he's going to have to go to jail unless you come to the shelter for a night. But it sounds like he's still going to jail anyway. I don't know. Yeah, I didn't understand any of this. There's <laughs> like a new law where you have to we have to lock up the abuser for a night. So it's like, well, then how is he getting off by you going to the shelter? Like, it, it doesn't say that the law was to separate them for the night. It says that he has to go to jail for a night. Yeah. So this does nothing. But, yeah, she agrees uh, basically to try to get her boyfriend out of trouble. Yeah. Um, Shane and Tulip show up <laughs> to the drug This bar. scene is tremendous. Yeah, there's a lot. There, there's a good quote here. I'm going to say Yeah, that. there's a lot of good quotes here. I, I pretty much love all of Tulip's dialogue in this scene. Yes. Um, she is phenomenal. Yeah. But uh, she's she's going at it with her ex-boyfriend, you know, but they, they do end up going and having the deal. Uh, Shane gets them a bunch of, you know, prescription drugs and shit like that. And they're Viagra. So, yeah, gives them the cash and stuff like that. The deal goes down, and that's when, the, you know, the other cops rush in and uh, arrest this guy. So case solved. Easy win. Now, I tried to, you know, the, I think that guy's name's Dirk or Jerk or Herc or something like that, 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 that dude that made the, the drug deal. Mm-hmm. The girlfriend, like the new girlfriend, yeah, I can't find her in the credits anywhere on the internet, but she looks familiar, and I didn't know. Like, like if you don't speak in in, in a movie or a TV show, do you are you not credited? I guess maybe. She's oh not, yeah, maybe not. Maybe she's not an actress or something. Maybe it was just like, hey, win a she's role. Not sad like, hey Vito, you think your sister want to stand in for just five minutes? She don't even have to say nothing. <laughs> All right. Hey, Rosemary, you want to stand in? <laughs> All right. Um, so I don't know. So I tried to look her up, but I, I don't know who that was. Uh, she Doc- was probably on Pacific Blue. She seems like she would be. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> she definitely seems like she might have been. Um, so Dutch gets some advice from Vic. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And. <laughs> Vic basically just tells him to plant the evidence. <laughs> so Vic is really just not very subtle about, you know, giving away that he he's up to nefarious things. Yeah. And he doesn't flat out say, like, oh, I plant evidence all the time. But he's basically telling, you know, Dutch, sometimes you got to make the evidence fit the case. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Because <laughs> he says, well, sometimes your evidence makes your case. But sometimes you got to make the evidence fit your case. <laughs> yeah. Wink, wink. Especially if you know the guy did it, wink, wink. Mm-hmm. So what happens, Jank? <laughs> so Dutch goes to the crime scene, or not the crime scene, but the guy's house, Stu's house. Uh, he shows up, he's got a bra in his car, he rips off the clasp and shit, he's going to go in there and plant this evidence. Uh, but they're just wrapping up the cops who are, you know, searching everything in there. So he goes in and he's like, I'm going to take one more look. And he puts the bra clasp in the guy's, like, jacket pocket. And then immediately walks out. It's been like two minutes. And he's just like, are you sure you checked everything? You know, he just said he was going to be the one who searched everything. So this seems very suspicious right off the bat to me. Yeah. Um, 
So he's like, all right, you guys search one more time. I'll sign for the overtime, whatever. And he gets in his car, and he starts driving away. And it kind of holds on the car, driving away. And all of a sudden, he stops right in the middle of the street. <laughs> and gets out, runs in like a crazy person. He's like, I forgot something. <laughs> and goes to get the bra clasp out of the jacket pocket. Yeah. Yeah, it's uh, it's all very suspicious. <laughs> it is suspicious, but I mean, I understand the motive here. Like, yeah. he, it came down where he's like, "No, I am not going to be a Vic Mackey." Yeah, it was cool to see the way they set it up too, where it's like, "Oh, he's uh, he's driving away. I guess he's going through with it." Nope, stops, <laughs> gets out. Right away, like if I'm Danny, I'm like, what the fuck is he up to? Yeah. This fucker is blocking traffic for this. <laughs> fishy ass motherfucker. This is fishy as fuck. <laughs> so and, uh, yeah. on the way out he's just kind of like oh Danny's like are you alright he's like yeah how about you she's like well actually you know not so good and he just walks the fuck out yeah <laughs> yeah that's pretty awesome it's like whatever but he takes a Snickers out of the refrigerator before he leaves oh yeah yeah uh, it was like some weird off brand Snickers it was all the same wrapper as the Snickers but it said something else on it yeah, I thought it. <clears throat> I wondered that too because <clears throat> I have takes and then I have a blank thing out of fridge and I was like, just have a question mark in there. And I'm like, I. It kind of looks like a Snickers, but wasn't? Didn't Snickers at one time weren't they like uh, printing like crazy labels that just had like one word fucking bullshit on there like amazing and you know scrumdoodly umptious and that kind of <laughs> shit on it. That could be. That, yeah, that I sounds like something they would do. But I, I hear like what you're saying. I didn't know. Like, you know, share a coke with this person. Yeah, yeah, like that kind of shit. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, Tulips wants to bang. Uh, so they. Bang. Yeah. They uh, go back in the old interrogation room. Yep. The uh, where they got it on the first time. Yep. Um. Let's see. Oh, okay. So. Now we get a scene where the domestic dispute lady and the boyfriend are both at the police station. Now everybody's just hanging out upstairs for some reason. The victim, the boyfriend, the lady that runs the shelter, they're all up there just hanging out or whatever. You know, that, now this is where, like, you know, the captain's office is and, you know, where you interview murder suspects and shit. Yeah. Whatever. Free range. Yo, I don't know why there isn't a cop on that suspect guy, like yeah, the boyfriend. Like, why has no one got him? <laughs> so, anyways, boyfriend starts getting mouthy to the, uh, you know, the uh, women's shelter lady, Emma. Yep. And then she's like, "Hey, you know, just back off or whatever." And then I don't know, does she, he does he punch her in the guts or I don't know what happened. Uh, he doesn't. Have- officially punch her i don't think i think he just makes like he's going to and she kind of you know throws him off a little bit and he ends up going ass over tea kettle over the balcony yeah he goes over the railing (laughs) upstairs and he lands on a desk down below like i don't know like a 10 foot drop or so 12 foot it's pretty great because like they they had you know shown this uh police station to always have this balcony and finally get some use out of it by having this guy fucking go falling over the side yeah, it was pretty cool. So he's yeah. down grabbing his leg. The paramedics are, uh, you know, they're, they're going to tend to him at some point. Um, she's Doc, kind of in trouble now. Like She's going to get thrown in the cage basically for assaulting this guy and, you know, yeah. throwing him over the balcony. And Vic's like, no, you can't do that. But then Osvaldo's just like, well, you're going to have to bail her out then. Yeah, bail her out. <laughs> bail Dude. out, bail out. 
Bail out, bail out. <laughs> Jesus Christ, bail bonds. Um, so Dutch grabs Tony Gardner by the arm or whatever. And he's like, let's fucking go, you fucking fat motherfucker. Dutch is so pissed at this point. Like, he, he takes him down to the room. Shane is walking out of the room with tulips as Dutch is walking in the room with Tony Gardner. You yeah, know it's got to yeah. smell in that room. You know there's, oh, yeah. there's got to be some kind of cum on the table. <laughs> some. I would say there's pretty much a guarantee, yeah. yeah. Yep. <laughs> there's definitely going to be some remnants. So then so then Dutch is like, I know why you didn't want to take a lie detector test. You're just so fat. We can't even get the wire around your fucking fat <laughs> fucking arm, you fat bitch. And so he just like he just does this for like three minutes, just tells him how fat he is and shit. Mm-hmm. And then the dude was all like, um, "Well, is that now? Is this now when he jumps the dude?" Uh, I think that's a, the next time they cut back. But he's basically oh, okay. just, just doing the same thing where <laughs> he just keeps yelling at him, saying you're you're fat and shit like that. And then eventually uh, Claudette calls in and she's like, "Tell him we found the bra clasp." And he's like, "Oh yeah, good to know." Oh, like, yeah. All right, we we found the bra class bear, Tony Gardner. Yeah. Uh, he's like, I'll fucking kill you too. And he just kind of jumps on Dutch and he's trying to strangle him and shit. Yeah. So uh, uh, so Dutch did solve the case and he solved it without incident except for the guy choking him, which I guess doesn't count as an incident. Well, yeah, he didn't do anything. <laughs> Uh, Julian's fiance comes back to the station. She she's down with it now. She don't she don't care. Yeah, she needs, she needs an ad for that kid. Yeah, that's all she cares about. You, uh, you got to go be gay, whatever. That's fine. She so, did kind of make that switch a little quick. Dutch tells Aceveda off. Yeah. Pretty he's all cocky again. He's just like, yeah, I solve all these cases that nobody else around here could solve. I'm the best. And they're just like, oh, I guess Dutch is back. <laughs> uh, also, so, like, Claudette's just like, I guess so. All right, so now we get to the end, the only good part. Um, <laughs> So Vic gets that Emma girl. He, he bails her out of jail, the sheltered lady. And then, you know, the fucking kid calls. Yeah. You know, the wife calls fucking, oh, the kid wants to talk, but then the kid doesn't talk. It's just, who gives a shit, man? Oh, wait, we should mention there was a scene a little bit before this where, uh, or just right before I think he bails her out, where he's like, hey, Ronnie, you know, go take these pictures of the money train spot over to my house or my apartment, whatever, and drop them off. We don't want them around here and, you know, where people could see them, except they could see our rock displays outside and shit like that. Yeah. But uh, not the pictures. <laughs> so you take those to my house. Also, get my checkbook. I gotta write a check for you know Connie's funeral expenses because no one else is gonna do it. But also like he just spent three thousand dollars on bail for this lady. You don't have your checkbook. <laughs> you just carrying three thousand dollars all day. Oh, uh, yeah, that's true. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. That's a good point. No, well, it sounds like he already had it. Uh, unless so, he carries one check at all times. So Vic goes back to his place now. Do they go together, or is it the is it the next episode? She's in his room already. Yeah, or? that's the next episode. Oh, that's, that's when ne- they go together. She's okay, okay. they basically kind of like, oh, you got a wife, and he's just like, oh, you know, we're separated, and they just cut to them full on making out, getting oh, into the apartment. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but she but, wants that D. But Vic smells something. Yeah. 
Well, here's I think he hears the music first, and then they're like, "Oh, what's that smell?" And so oh, he, okay. you know, pulls out his gun and goes into the kitchen, sees the burner on, and you know that's that's never good. Uh, he goes into the bedroom where the music's playing, and he sees Ronnie there laying, you know, face to the to the wall. He kind of rolls him over, and Ronnie's got the same kind of stove marks on his uh, cheek as Armadillo did. Yep. Dun, dun, dun. That's where we end. That's a cliffhanger. Yeah. <laughs> Although we, we know exactly who did it. And we know he's probably not going to die from this, so maybe not much of a cliffhanger. <laughs> uh, I, I, I went six out of ten on this. Like, it's just, it's an okay episode. The last scene is very good. There's just not a whole lot of, like, there's not a lot of uh, tension in this episode. It's just all kind of like, eh, whatever, you know. So I can see that. It's uh, it's definitely another one of those. I mean, obviously, Danny and Julian don't have anything to do except worry about Julian's personal life. <laughs> uh, but they're not really working a case. Um, I thought the Dutch stuff was pretty good. Um, <clears throat> the Vic storyline, like we mentioned, it's just kind of your basic domestic abuse thing where it's just like, oh, she's not going to get help or is she going to get help? And it doesn't really go anywhere. There's not any twists or anything to it. Um, but the Shane stuff, Shane stuff's pretty good. I like that stuff. Anytime you get tulips back, you know, I'm, uh, I'm in hog heaven. <laughs> now, is that girl, has she been in other movies or anything? Have you ever looked her up, Tulips? I did look her up. Apparently, she was on an episode of Buffy the Vampire Slayer that I didn't even huh? realize. <laughs> so I was like, oh, I think maybe I did know that back in the day, but I had forgotten about it. Um, I think she was on an episode of Smallville, which I also watched, so, uh, so that's cool. Buffy ran about this time, right? Early 2000s? Yeah, I think it was wrapping up right around now. Uh, or yeah, probably. Okay. It was definitely late in its run around this time. So she'll look about the same. She won't be too young. Yeah, she was. I think she was just kind of a. Uh, I tried to look up what her character was. She was just the woman who kind of hit on Xander in one scene at a bar. <laughs> so it's not Xander, a big that, juicy part. Is that David Boreanaz? Uh, no, he was uh, Nicholas Brendan. I don't know if you know who that guy is, but he was just kind of like the normal guy that what they were friends with. All right. No, I never watched it. I never got into Buffy. Oh, so good. Okay. So, what do you? <laughs> where, where, so you're saying this is more than a six out of ten? No, I think that's a fair rating overall. Um, there's definitely some weak stuff in here. Uh, it moves the story forward, but not very excitingly. So. Yeah. I hear that. <laughs> Yawn. Yeah. So. Okay. Well, right. let's get into uh, best quotes. Oh, there's there's several in here, Jane. Mm-hmm. There's some good ones in this episode. Uh, let's see. Oh, how about this? Right off the bat. Um, the scene towards the end of the episode where Julian's fiance comes back and she's cool with everything. And Vic's watching from outside, like they're in the break room talking and Vic's <laughs> kind of watching. And, uh. You know, the, the fiancé leaves, and then Vic walks in. And he's like, hey, what's going on, Julian? And he's like, yeah, everything's good. And then he's like, uh, see, you're kissing that girl. She's pretty cute. Uh, the last person I saw you kissing looked a little more male. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah. yeah, that was so good. Uh, I love that scene because it's kind of like – you can't really tell if Vic Mackey is making fun of him or if he is actually, you know – 
happy for him. <laughs> I think it's both, I guess. Um, but he's definitely, you know, giving him some shit, but he's also kind of burying the hatchet for all the stuff that they went through, the, 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 you know, season one. Yeah. It's like, hey, you know, whatever. <laughs> Congratulations, man. But yeah, that's a great line. Uh, you know, I don't know. There, there, there's a, there's a couple good ones. Uh, I don't want to step on any of your stuff though. I don't know what you have. <laughs> well, before we get to the main stuff, which is the the tulips, you know, scene. Um, I like when Emma says, "Why do men always have the answers?" And Vic's just like, "It's a good question." <laughs> uh, um. Well, there's also. There's also a scene between those two where, uh, like, Vic realizes, like, this girl is going to still go back with this guy. Mm-hmm. And then, like, th- that Emma's like, oh, you didn't think she was going to go back to him? Like, are you unromantic or are you just dumb? <laughs> that was a good line. Yeah. I do like that they uh, they mentioned several times, like, that Emma, you know, used to be attracted to the bad boys. But now she's, you know, she's cleaned up her act and shit like that. But you know she hasn't. Like, that's why she's into Vic, even though he's, like, treating her like a <laughs> like an idiot half the episode. Just like, no, she'll get help. I'll make her get help. Yeah. And he's just, like, keeps yelling at her. But she's just, like, you, you can tell in her eyes that she's secretly into the whole thing. Yeah. <laughs> she still Weird. likes the bad boys. Weird. Yeah. Um, The scene where Claudette is bitching at Aceveda about you know how come dutch knows all the things i said about him or whatever and um you know he's like it's not just me it's the chief you know the chief's pissed or whatever and then like osavita says to him like you know if he fucks up again i can't protect him anymore and then claudette's like why you too busy protecting vic (laughs) yeah the way she delivers that line is so perfect yeah you can Uh, just feel it mm -hmm. she's (laughs) yeah she's she's a badass (laughs) <laughs> uh i like when they first find the uh the dead uh woman in the park and uh the one guy's like i've never seen a victim strangled with an over-the-shoulder boulder holder before oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's just classic yeah and i like when uh when tulips first shows up and Vic's like oh look it's the penis fly trap hope you're not a daddy <laughs> yeah, that's a good line i have that one down yeah but the line of the episode for me <laughs> was when tulips <laughs> And Shane show up to buy drugs. Yep. Yeah. There's so much good stuff here. Yeah. Tulips is on fire this entire scene. Uh, basically, the first thing when she you know when she sees the the girl, she starts asking about her tits and stuff like that. Yeah. But then she's like, "Is she legal?" And the guy's like, "Born in Inglewood, bitch." <laughs> I meant, "Is she 18?" Stupid. <laughs> That's my line. Born <laughs> bitch. I like that they show Lem and Ronnie in the car, like, laughing. Oh, yeah. They're, <laughs> they're having a great time. Yeah, they're... Yeah. Yep. And then she says, it's a relief not having to fake it anymore. <laughs> talking about Shane, uh, which is good. And then at one point, they're making the deal, and they're talking about the scripts that they need. And uh, he's like, yeah, I need some Viagra. She's like, yeah, you do. <laughs> yeah. Anything yeah. to make it bigger like my man's? <laughs> oh. I also love that, like... In 2003, like, there was a big market for Viagra on the street. Yeah, I know. <laughs> like, nowadays, they fucking advertise it on, like, 50% of the podcasts out there. Just like, hey, you know, go to this and get get your own Viagra. Get, you know, Blue Chew or whatever. Get Roman.com. 
You can get Viagra anywhere. You listen to too many podcasts. I do. Listen yeah. to a lot of podcasts. <laughs> and yeah, they Blue... all advertise boner Blue pills. Blue real big on the uh, Artie Lang's podcast. He, he, does yeah. he hasn't done an episode in a while. Oh, God. hope his nose didn't fully cave in. Maybe he stabbed himself again. <laughs> yeah. Could be. Uh, right. He's got a couple more good lines. Uh, you just got busted by my new big dick boyfriend. <laughs> yeah. That's a good one. <laughs> and uh, at the end, when uh, Shane's like, oh, you're just mad because he left you for this hotter chick. She's like, no way was that taco tart harder than, hotter than me. <laughs> you don't think so, do you? <laughs> I love the fact that she calls her a taco tart. That girl's cute, though. I just wish I knew her name. Yeah. I mean, that that guy, that drug dealer guy, he's getting it done. Yeah, I hear you. He's got two smoking hot ladies. Yeah. Because he's not a good-looking dude. But I guess when you got money, Jank. Yeah. I don't have any money. <laughs> Me neither. Yeah. <laughs> I keep looking for it under all my couch cushions and never any. Ah, uh, yeah. So, all right. All right. Well, best guest star. I mean, for me, this is obvious. Yeah, tulips. Yep, she gets it again. I think this is her last appearance on the show, sadly. Uh, I don't think we'll be seeing any more of tulips. No more George, Georgia Joy juice <laughs> or yam yam or whatever she says. <laughs> Got a yammy full of Georgia Joy juice. Yeah, yammy. <laughs> mm, so does Stu. Well, he's got it on his arms, probably. From- yeah. Sitting at that table. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's on his forearms for sure. Yep. Uh, I also went with Tony Gardner. He, he's awesome. That's a good one, yeah. And, you know, Herc or Dirk, his girlfriend. <laughs> I don't know what his name was. It was Herc. <laughs> it, was, it was something like the that. The unnamed extra who was his girlfriend. Yes. Yes. No, <laughs> lines. no lines. Hey, I recognize every I, – I recognize talent when I see it, Jank, and I saw it. Yeah. I saw I, it. Though. I agree. Yeah. Maybe you can get her on the LCS show. I doubt it. <laughs> Even she's find, too big. I can't find her. <laughs> All right. Well, MVP of the episode. What do you got? Oh, it's for it's Dutch. For me, it's yeah. Dutch. Of just, the main cast, he definitely is my winner. Uh, although overall, I would probably still give it to Tulips because she was just so damn funny. Yeah. No, don't get me wrong. Dutch is moody at the beginning, but then once he starts getting dickish, it, it's pretty funny. Once he just starts, like, calling that dude fat and just telling Acevedo off and shit, I liked it. Yep. It is It is kind of pathetic at the beginning when he's, like, interviewing Marcy and he's just like, why did you think you could fool me? It's basically, like, the equivalent of just some guy being like, why won't you go out with me? Yeah. <laughs> She's like, I didn't fool you. I just let you fool yourself. Yep. He's very Dutch. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, he, he's very bitchy at the beginning of the episode, but he, oh, yeah. he finds his groove again by the end of the episode, so that's good. Yeah. I remembered that storyline going on a lot longer, but apparently it was only, you know, four or five episodes. What, the moodiness? Yeah. Like, I got the feeling, I from the commentary even, I think they mentioned that they really wanted to completely just break Dutch down this year, and I think they kind of gave up on it after a while. Oh, I see. All right. <laughs> but, yeah, it was great seeing him go through the whole is he going to plant evidence or not because it's just cool to see, you know, him having different morals than Vic. 
We're just like, yeah, well, this seems like a good idea, but at the end of the day, he can't he can't bring himself to do that. Yeah. Well, he's stuck by, you know, he's going to be a good dude. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. All right. Uh, next category we got is the Vendrell Cup for the biggest fuck-up of the episode. I, I don't know. I went with that boyfriend guy for fucking with that shelter lady and getting fucking pushed over the railing. It's true. He fucked up a couple of times. Nobody really he put his hands up. on Vic, which, you know, that's going to lead to bad things. Yeah. But out of the main cast, I don't know. Nobody really fucks up too bad. What do you got? I gave this one to Julian for huh. deciding to break the news to his, you know, his fiance that he's gay in the break room at work. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, when true. your number one fear is everyone at work finding out that you're gay, it's yeah. not a good thing to do, tell that to someone in the break room, especially someone who's probably going to react badly and loudly. The only thing, the only thing worse would have been like doing it in her break room, like in her. <laughs> That's the only worst situation you could have went with, I think. Yeah, maybe you go on for like a nice walk after dinner or something like that. Yeah, yeah. Not just at the break room. <laughs> Yeah. At a police station. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's weird. Yeah, so I'm giving it to him. Yeah. That, that was just dumb. All right. <laughs> All right. Uh, then the only other category we got here is the Dumpy Award for the worst part of the episode. Well, I went with Julian shit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's my. That was my. Yeah, I could see that. Yeah. That is. I didn't want to fall into that rut too many times, so I tried to come up with something else. Uh, so I went with Aceveda's whole attitude this episode. <laughs> He's uh, His whole hand ringing about Dutch. I mean, obviously some of that's coming down from the Chief, but it gets especially bad when Dutch is just interviewing, you know, Tony Gardner, and he just calls him fat, and he's like, this guy's going too far. We got to get him out of there. He's, what? Like, he's not beating <laughs> him up. He's just calling him fat. Yeah. <laughs> Like he's not crossing the line. If you can't call someone fat and in police interrogation, then what are we even doing here? <laughs> it's like he's picking up a phone book and beating the guy. No. Now have <laughs> we ever have we ever met the chief? Uh no. Yeah. Okay. I don't know that we ever do. I know we meet the the new assistant chief at some point. But yeah, I don't know that we ever meet the chief. Huh. Hmm. All right. Also, I had one other contender for this uh, award. I guess this will be my runner-up because it was just so small. But do you, do you uh, did you notice that scene where Dutch is bringing Stu into the interrogation room that uh, you know Dutch, or, uh, Shane and Tulips just came out of? <laughs> and the way his voice sounds sounds really fucking weird. I never. I didn't notice it. He's like, I had some bad mojo in there later. I need a new room. He's, like, doing some, like, server <laughs> accent or something. I was like, that doesn't even sound like Dutch. Is I mean, this ADR or something? Yeah, <laughs> I didn't notice it at all. Yeah, go back and check it out. You'll be like, what the fuck? <laughs> all right. I, I don't know what it was. Like, he's trying to sound loud, and that's his loud voice. But, man, it it was it is off-putting. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so that's it for that episode. So now we're picking up with episode eight, Scar Tissue, where we're going to learn all about what happened to Ronnie and the aftermath of that. Yeah. It's an episode written by Kurt Sutter, our old friend Kurt Sutter. 
directed by Paris Barclay. And I was like, man, why do I know that guy? Sounds very familiar. Yeah. Well, he directed a shit ton of like Sons of Anarchy episodes and a bunch of NYPD Blue episodes. So I was like, oh, okay. Well, that's why I know that name then. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. He, he directed three episodes of The Shield, and this is the first one. Oh, shit. Yeah. Um, vaguely familiar. Like, I've seen him somewhere, but if he's just directing, I don't know why I would have. Yeah, I don't, I don't know if he's an actor. I don't. I have no idea. All right, so, you know, we, we cut right where the last episode ends with, like, Ronnie's still on the floor, and the paramedics show up, Claudette's there. You know, and she's like, I'm going to help you, Vic. And Vic's like, I don't want you to help me. Yeah. It's my guy. I'm going to go get this fucking armadillo and shit like that. <laughs> I do like when, uh, you know, Vic's like, he goes over to Ronnie, who's, you know, riding on the floor. Is it armadillo? It's armadillo, right? <laughs> it's like, who the fuck else do you think it was? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Somebody else just happened to burn Ronnie's face. Yeah. yeah. Um. Like, his wife was there. Like, you know, Corinne was over at the house, and she just was like, fuck you, Ronnie. So, Aceveda tells Vic, oh, I'm calling justice, and you're getting backup or whatever. And Vic's like, hell no, I don't want – that's not the way we work. And then Aceveda's like, oh, all right then. <laughs> like, all right, then. Yeah. Never mind. He's just like, you didn't see Ronnie. And Aceveda's yeah. like, yeah, I could imagine. So okay, then you do what you do. Vic tells Shane and Lem to go get like 15, 20 grand out of the retirement fund. And they're like, you're going to give us our keys back? We ain't going to let you down, Dad. And then Vic <laughs> steps on a cigarette and a theme song plays at 4.30. Bah, 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 bah. Yeah, it is pretty great seeing them get the keys back where it's just like, all right, they've 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 earned their way back in. Well, he's running out of options. <laughs> yeah. You know. Although by the end of this episode, it really completes that arc where it's just like, all right, now now all's forgiven. And yeah. they've kind of proven themselves to not be just two little chuckleheads that he's constantly getting out of problems. Yeah. <laughs> As uh, it often seems. So the strike team's talking to the guy in the wheelchair that we saw. We've seen a couple times before. Yeah, Van Bro. He was in the, uh, the pilot, I believe. Oh, was he? Okay. Yeah, he's like an art dealer. Uh... But they're all talking to him because they're trying to find Armadillo, I guess. Yeah, they give him a bunch of money and they're like, hey, you know, we'll give people a reward for, you know, any information on Armadillo. Okay, so we find out Julian's up for a P2 promotion, whatever the fuck that means. (laughs) Yeah. I don't know exactly what it is, but he's getting promoted and Danny isn't. Right. As we learned last episode, so. So Julian and Danny, they get a call. They go to like, I don't know if it's it's like some alley and there's some dude hanging on a nail. Yeah, it was hard to tell exactly what he was hanging on. But yeah, Yeah. it was like some weird covered alley where it had, I don't know, like a gazebo on top of it. Yeah. 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 I I don't know. Clearly beat the shit up and then just hang in there. Yeah. Okay, so. So the strike team go and talk to this old drug dealing guy who's like all pissed off at Armadillo because he got double crossed. I guess he was in jail or something. And then when he got out, like he didn't get his neighborhood back or however that works with drug dealers. Armadillo just gave it to somebody else, I guess. 
Yeah, like I guess this little pop guy, he was, you know, he was the king of the prisons. Like he had all these connections. He was dealing drugs and cigarettes and all this stuff. And he's like, oh, man, this is great. But he took his parole and, you know, Armadillo made all these promises that he was going to let him, you know, have some good territory when he got out. But instead, Armadillo has been bringing in a bunch of actual, you know, people from Mexico to do it and muscling out all the old guys who, you know, used to run this neighborhood. So he's pretty pissed off. And uh, he'd honestly rather be back in jail, which is kind of important. <laughs> Yeah, it's very important. But yeah, like you said, he he loved the jail life because he had money. He said he was taking care of his mom from jail because, you know, he was running shit from inside. But outside, he's got nothing going on. Mm -hmm. So he tells Vic and the the guys, like, you want to go find Quasi. That's, you know, that's Armadillo's right hand man. And you want to find Armadillo, you find Quasi. Mm -hmm. Well, they find Quasi like in the next scene. It's pretty easy. (laughs) But again, all of this search. Could have been avoided if they had just killed Armadillo when they burned his face. He was right there. All you had to do was kill him then. Yeah, I mean, come on. <laughs> uh, so they find Quasi. He, he he says where Armadillo is. He's at some house somewhere. I can't remember where it was. Um, yeah. Strike team raids the house. Everybody starts taking off and shit. Uh, Shane goes after like some dude and like some dog bites Shane. Yeah, yeah. Lem comes in and shoots the dog, and then Shane fucking shoots the dog a couple more times. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, they they, uh, they basically start interrogating the guys that were there by uh, throwing them down the stairs if they say they don't know anything. <laughs> Gonna kick them down the stairs. Yeah. Um, in the next scene, I, I I just have Dutch don't give a fuck. Eating apple, show oh, yeah. up to house. He's casual as fuck. Yeah, they go to like uh, they go to that house. Uh, I can't remember who who the fuck are they looking for at the house. Um, well, I think this is he shows up eating the apple at that alleyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and he that's where he sees the cameras. And he tells Danny to go, you know, check for security camera footage. Um, but, yeah, that's where they're basically he's eating the apple. and <laughs> just it's so, so they, casual. So they get it. somebody off the camera and they go to this person's house or whatever. Mm-hmm. And, like, all the cops are, like, real, like, taking their time around the corners, guns drawn. Dust just strolling up. Don't give a <laughs> shit. He just knocks on the door, like, zippity doo done shit. It's pretty awesome. <laughs> Yeah, he's back to be just being his pompous old self, which is we nice. Cut, we cut back to Sh- Shane and Lem. We're back. We're back at Armadillo's house, and they're just kind of like trying to find, uh, like, you know, they're trying to get info on Armadillo, and they're just kind of like uh, pushing the dudes down the stairs while they're handcuffed and shit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it's pretty awesome. And Vic's like, "Come on, man, you can't, you can't do that." <laughs> Got taken back to the station. Um, yeah, it's weird to see Vic kind of. Uh, hanging back on these things and he doesn't want to you know be as violent in this one episode yeah so we cut back to the station and Vic's wife shows up uh oh yeah here we go so somebody broke in to their house the, I don't know if it was that day or the night before or whatever it was but Vic's not there so Claudette starts telling uh, Corinne you're, <laughs> you know she starts like don't you find it weird that, you know, your kid's going to this real expensive school on a cop's budget? Is there ever just weird things going on at your house and you can't explain? 
Yeah, it's just asking if he has like a PO box, or do you ever see bank statements that you don't know about, like in someone else's name? And Corinne's just like, no. And she also doesn't seem to find it weird that she's basically sat her down in interrogation by this point. <laughs> and it's just like, let me, I, I'm gonna ask you a bunch of questions first. Like, oh boy, you should know right then and there that she's, you know, not doing this as a, as a friendly gesture. She's after something. Yeah. So now Corinne's pissed, and she's all like, well, I don't understand, Vic. How, how are you paying for this school and shit? And he's like, just go to fuck home or whatever. <laughs> so they leave. And Which then- makes you wonder, like, I mean, okay, she didn't know, but do you think there's any chance if she knew exactly what Vic was doing that she wouldn't want him to do it so that their kid could go to that school? I hear She would you. be up his ass about getting the kid into that school. Yeah. She would be the first fucking one. Yep, I, I hear you, you know. What are you going to do, though? Um, so Vic goes and confronts Claudette about families off limits and that kind of shit. Yeah, this is intense. Like, he gets real up in her face. This is like the kind of, like, uh, argument where you're just like, how do these people work together again after yeah. this? I know. <laughs> It'd be so awkward. Uh, so Vic, Vic finds out from the civilian lady aide that they're, they're, they're giving him backup from until now till whenever Armadillo's captured or whatever. They're getting backup starting tomorrow. Yeah, which yeah. apparently not so much because they seem to just go do whatever the hell they want anyway. Yeah. Like, they basically are about to kill Armadillo later, and no one else was there until he called the cops on himself. Uh, Danny gets the murder weapon. Or not, well, I guess it's not a murder weapon. He didn't. Is that guy, that guy doesn't – does he die or does he live? Uh, no, he's still alive. I think the same – He was alive when yeah. you we know, first see him, but I don't know if he dies. In the, I, don't, I don't remember. But it, it's just some statue from some, like, uh, I don't know what it was. Uh, like uh, a cultural center or something like that. Yeah, yeah, like, the guy that they – the suspect they have, he works in that cultural center, so that kind of starts pointing them in the right direction. Because yeah. Dutch was kind of worried that basically they have all this physical evidence that this guy – this kid did it. But they didn't have any kind of motive. There's like, we don't know why he did this. It doesn't make any sense. And he's like, you know, jurors are stupid, basically. So if they don't know a reason why, they might let this guy go. Um, so Vic gets a call that the handicapped dude, he, you know, he got jumped. They find him. He's laying on the ground. Yeah. They, they took his wheelchair. They took his wheelchair. <laughs> yeah, they took his wheelchair. But he got their license plate, though. He painted it on, on, on a painting. Yeah. And so they, you know, boom. Yeah, right away, bam. Already get to, at the house in the next scene. They're they're getting ready to, you know, bust these dudes as two guys. They're working on this truck. Um, strike team shows up. And they, they want to know where Armadillo is. Nobody's talking. And Shane's upset. <laughs> yeah so he's like i'm so sick of this bullshit and he just grabs like a tire iron and he just blasts the dude in the leg dude goes <laughs> down and he throws the he throws the iron over to like lem like here lem hit that dude since you're closer to him and the dude's like oh i'll tell you where he's at <laughs> so that, that's pretty good mm-hmm. um so they all show up at armadillo's house but armadillo sees them coming and stuff yeah, he must have already been tipped off that someone gave up his address. Yeah. Because, uh, yeah, he's already called the cops on himself. <laughs> he wants, you know, a whole bunch of cops there so that they can't just do what they want and say, 
you know, oh, he was going for a gun. Yeah. So right as they're getting ready to take out Armadillo or whatever, like, you know, everybody shows up. The rest of the squad, Claudette's there, everybody's there, and Armadillo just kind of comes out and gives himself up. You know, no incidents, no nothing. Yep. Um, so Dutch and Danny have this whole conversation about, like, oh, Danny, you should be a detective. Like, you got a nose for this shit. Why don't you go look for the, the bug spray guy? <laughs> yeah, this felt tacked on. Yeah, a little bit. it did. <laughs> uh, yeah, there's some guy going around spraying people with bug spray and saying, you're bugging me. Uh, like, random just stupid things. Like, this guy was taking too long in line, and so he got sprayed, and, you know, stupid things like that. Yeah. And, uh, Dutch is like, yeah, so, you know, it's the same uh, same MO as a serial killer, basically. Like, uh, he's, he's trying to hurt people, so uh, you should handle this, you know. We don't have enough detectives to handle this right now so you just take it and run with it she runs with it um so claudette tells vic listen i'm interviewing armadillo by my fucking self and he's like no 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 no. let me help you like we'll, we'll go at him together she's like, fuck no <laughs> just me <laughs> stay the fuck out of this you know what i mean you're the fucking problem in the be in the first place I love the, the last scene they were together. Like, he yelled at her, you know, like, you fucking stay away from my family. And I was just like, hey, well, how about I come in with you? Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, we'll do this yeah. together. We're a team. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, all right. That's, that's quite the flip. So, uh, Claudette goes in, but Armadillo's like, listen, I'm, I only talked to Vic Mackey. That's it. Mm-hmm. So, Vic shows up. And then what happens, Jake? Uh, he's like, I want to talk alone. So Vic, you know, unplugs the camera in the uh, in the room there, which uh, has got to be very off-putting to Claudette and Aceveda and Lainey, the auditor, who are all watching this. Like, something shady is going on in there for sure. Uh, but, yeah, Armadillo starts talking about, like, oh, hey, yeah, you know, I face it. First couple weeks are the worst. That's what Ronnie's going to have to face, blah, blah, blah. And he's basically like, all right, I'm going to go back to Mexico now. <laughs> I've got everything set up here, so I'm getting out of here and going to Mexico. You're going to help me. And Vic's just like, the fuck I am. And he's like, well, no, you have to, like, or else I'm going to tell him what you did to me, that you burned my face and all this shit. And Vic kind of realizes that was his plan all along, was basically to get Vic to cross the line and get him, you know, another scar so that he could have evidence against him and get something on him. Uh, and it was all planned from the beginning. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and Vic's like, fuck, you know, I got played. He's all like, you know, you could see it on his face, like, holy yeah. fuck, I got fucking played. Armadillo wants him to get Ronnie to basically recant his statement. Uh, yeah. Because Armadillo's denying the fact that that phone call that, you know, that was his, he's saying that, that wasn't his voice. It could be anybody's voice. And so Claudette was like, oh, hey, well, what about, a, you know, testimony of a cop that you burned his face? And so if he gets Vic to get Ronnie to recant his testimony, then they don't really have anything solid. Here's another question, like, um, you know, Ronnie got his face burnt, but, like, <laughs> he wasn't talking. Like, you could still talk with a burnt cheek. <laughs> but he was like, yeah. Ronnie, what happened? And he's like, uh, it's like, dude, you know, you burnt your cheek. I get it, you know. <laughs> I get the feeling he's more just in shock. All That's right. probably what what happened there. 
Yeah. She What's burned. the track uh, track Ronnie's cheek as this goes along? <laughs> All right. Because yeah. I know when he comes back, I think he tries to grow a beard to cover up a lot of it. But uh, at a certain point, I know they're just like, oh, yeah, he got grass or something because he looks totally normal again. Well, they say that on this episode. like Yeah. Yeah, they just said he's going to get grafts, but I think he ends up getting more surgery later on, you know, once it heals yes. or something, because, yeah, I think it, eventually he just looks totally fine again. Hmm. Yeah. <laughs> they should, they should well, have burned his face up with a transforming grill. <laughs> that would have been amazing. You're like, what's this look like to you? Mailboxes, etc. All right, so... <laughs> Uh, Danny busts the bug spray guy. I don't even, I wasn't, I don't understand. I looked up and I'm like, how did she figure this out already? Cause I wasn't paying attention. I think cause the two incidents were kind of in the same area. So she's like, oh, he must live in the same, in this area. I'm going to go to the hardware stores and that, and ask if anybody's purchased bug spray recently because everyone keeps ah. track of that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Cause the hardware store is going to know who, who bought a can of bug spray. Yeah. Summer, I'm guessing. In Los Angeles. <laughs> Yeah, that, yeah, that seems reasonable. I'm guessing there's some mosquitoes <laughs> and some fucking bees and what have you out there that you're going to need to bug spray for. <laughs> Just to guess. Yep. Murder hornets. Oh, yeah, the murder hornets. I forgot about them. <laughs> yeah. Yep. They came All out. right. So anyway, she fucking, uh, you know, she, she solves the big case or whatever. Um, Vic tells Lem and Shane that, listen, like, I fucked up with Armadillo. I'm taking the heat for this. You know, I'm going to, like, just, you know, I'm going to admit that, you know, what happened. Because, you know, things are getting out of hand and shit. Mm-hmm. And they're all like, you know, no, they can't do it. Uh, Dutch breaks the case with the uh, the Asian guy. It has something to do with, like, their family's been fighting for years, hundreds of years. And the dad, I don't know. He was fucking boring as fuck. <laughs> That was okay. I mean, uh, it basically, yeah, it's all about, you know, their their families in Taiwan you know, had a big beef going back all these years, and the kid told his dad and thought it was like a joke or something about that, but the dad's just like, I'm going to fucking find this guy and kill him. So the kid kind of freaked out and was like, I better warn this guy. And he started out just kind of warning him, but the guy spit in his face, so it turned violent really quick, and the guy, just, kid's just like, yeah, you know what? Like, I didn't think this mattered to me, but once I stood up for my family, it just kind of felt right. All right, so we see the old drug dealer, the the guy who said, you know, I did better in jail. He's back in the cage. Yeah. But who yeah. else is in the cage? They said uh, he comes in very, you know, suspiciously, basically, where, like, Danny and Julian bring him in. They said, you know, what, what, what did this guy do? He just blew smoke, like weed smoke, right in our faces. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah that's, yeah. I guess, how they got him uh, into the cage there. Um, but but you see Lem and uh, Shane or yeah Lem and Shane are right behind him basically as he's coming in so you can tell they're up to something with this guy yeah um, and so he gets put in the cage and he's just kind of he's wait, he's there for a while then because uh, then we get uh, the scene where Danny goes out to talk to Dutch in the parking lot remember this yeah oh yeah 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 and then uh she like almost kisses him because <laughs> yeah. he's you know helping her out with her career so she's like oh man this is dutch but uh dutch pulls away and he's like hey yeah you know kim's making dinner for me later uh so i guess he is still seeing that lady <laughs> yeah i guess so yeah. yeah yeah i guess they're still together 
Um, and so Danny then just goes in and she's like, oh, like, oh, God, I almost kissed, kissed Dutch. What's wrong with me? And she yeah. starts telling one of the other lady cops who's just like, why, if this is that embarrassing, why would you just go tell her? I hear you. <laughs> she's just going to make fun of you later. So then, but while this is all going on, that old drug dealer guy. Oh, we should say, um, did we even talk about what was going on with the strike team? Where Vic's basically going to give himself up. He's just like, yeah, I'm going to have to turn myself in for this. I'll take the heat. You guys yeah, don't. Yeah, I said that. Yeah, okay. he, he told Slim and Shane he was going to take the heat for this. He fucked yeah. it up. And they were all like, we got to figure out something else. Well, they figured out something else. They sure did. So they, they passed that old drug dealing guy a knife, apparently, because once he's in that cage with Armadillo, he fucking stabs the fuck out of him. <laughs> he does. Nine yeah. times, they said, I think. Nine. <laughs> um, but then Danny takes the heat for not frisking the guy properly, I guess. Yeah. Which after the year she has been having with you know the whole Arab lady and all that stuff, like this is the last thing she needs is another strike. So uh, it's looking real grim for Danny. Yeah. So we're getting close to the end here. So. Yeah. Claudette goes, she's pissed. She goes to Aceveda, um, because now, like, her case is garbage, because Armadillo's dead, so she's got nothing at this point. And yeah, although, I mean, I would be happy, personally, that Armadillo's dead. <laughs> this is better than anything. I hear you, but she knows Vic's no good, either. Yeah. But she basically goes in and tells Aceveda, though, Here's what I think happened, and what she oh. thinks happened is exactly what happened. 100%. Yeah. <laughs> exactly what happened. Yeah. She's like, I think Vic was the landlord to Tio, and he let Tio work for a cut of the business, and this and that. And like, yep, that's exactly what happened. Yep, Armadillo killed him, so Vic got mad, burned Armadillo's face, and then that's why Vic didn't want us to catch Armadillo. He tried yeah. to keep him away from us. And just like, oh, shit. She has completely seen everything. She just knows. That's why, like, Claudette is so much more of a, like, dangerous police adversary than Aceveda. Because Aceveda is like, ah, you know, I know you're up to, to bad things, but he just, he's got nothing. Well, he's, Claudette, he, he, she can see all the piece, puzzle pieces. Well, she's a cop, and Aceveda, he just wants to be a fucking politician. Yeah. He's just sure, looking sure. Um... So we got like uh, Vic and Danny, and you know Vic's like, you know, listen, I, you know, Danny's like, I, I'm vulnerable right now. I need somebody to talk to, and Vic's like, eh, ain't gonna be me. I can't do it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's like, nope. I want to. She's like, I want to fill the hole where my job used to be with that sweet, sweet D. He's like, nah. <laughs> uh-uh. Uh-uh. I'm gonna get me a better lady. Today. Um. Vic's at home now. He's going to make changes and blah, blah, blah. You know. Yeah, did, let me mention, did the uh, the order of these scenes not make any sense to you? <laughs> he's like at there, he's at the police station talking to Danny in the bathroom. Then he's at home. Then he's back at the police station talking to the strike team. And then he's at home, like at his apartment with Emma. Like why did, why was he at home and then he went back to work for a little bit? Oh, that is true. Yeah, yeah, that is true. I didn't think about it like that. I'm always just writing shit down that I'm not really uh, assessing as deeply as I should be. Yeah. It's just like, so, oh, yeah. Um, yeah, so, yeah, he, uh, you know, Shane and Lem kind of tell him what happened, and he was like, 
cool. And then Claudette comes in and she has a great line. And then, then we get like this big montage of everybody just kind of like finishing their day going home. And I don't know. That's how you know this is a Kurt Sutter episode. I feel like 90% of Sons of Anarchy episodes ended this exact same way. <laughs> that is a musical montage of all the characters. Yeah, they do. Yeah, there there is a lot of SOA like that, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Sometimes they even start the episode like that, but it was, like, always there. Yeah. He loved himself a musical montage. Riding in this world. Anyways... <laughs> And that's the but end at the, the end, episode. he finally does get to bang Emma, finally, after getting cock-blocked by Ronnie's burnt face last episode. Yeah, uh, he, this time, she's back. She's just waiting like, for him. He, 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 he was kind of like, I don't think so at first, and then, like, maybe after four and a half seconds, he's like, oh, fuck it, I'm just going to, like, pour her hair and just go for it. <laughs> so, he, yeah. he just went. Yep, eventually, you, just, you can't say no to that. He is, yeah. It's, I think he's just trying to be a better person now, so I guess he doesn't want to sleep around, but, you know, when she's there, what are you going to do? Sleep up, sleep up, and get down. Um, <laughs> so that's the end. I don't know, a little bit better than the first episode. I give it a seven, but it's still, once again, not a lot of, like, you know, not a lot of meat and potatoes here. It's To me, it's definitely better. Um, I mean, this is the, the kind of big conclusion to the Armadillo arc. Which I definitely feel like it was a little bit rushed now that I, I see this episode again. Um, they kind of stuffed the episode with too many other plot lines, and I uh, should have just let that have more time. Um, but I guess I'll save that for later. <laughs> <laughs> but I do like the uh, the Flogging Molly song that they play over the musical montage here. If you ever leave this world alive, that's a good song. Uh, I never heard it. I didn't really pay too much attention to it. Usually the music's bad, so as soon as I hear music, I just assume it's bad music. <laughs> Not this time. They're a good, like, uh, Irish punk band. They're, yeah, uh, they're Irish. like, uh, what's the other band like that? Uh, Boston. Oh, Dropkick Murphys. Dropkick Murphys, yeah, that's another one of them. Yeah. Kind of yep. There's a good that's chance if you're good. from Boston, I'm not a fan. <laughs> Unless you're listening to the show, I love you. <laughs> You know, I think it's from Boston, is uh, Michael Chicklets. Oh, that makes sense. <laughs> so, guess he'll never be on the show now. Have you ever watched something called Versus? All right, never mind. Um, <laughs> I don't think so. Yeah, I don't know. Because DMX is going to battle rap Snoop. <laughs> oh, shit. Yeah, I would watch that. Was that the show that Kevin Smith and Jason Mewes were on? I don't think that. No, I don't think that's that. Oh, okay. I know they're on some kind of, you know, battle. I think that's just called rap battle or something. I don't. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um. All right. Well, let's get into uh, the best quotes of this episode. All right. Uh, what do you got, Jake? Well, let's see. We'll start out small. I like the uh, the low key shade where uh, like. Julian's talking to Danny, and he's just like, oh, man, I'm so happy. Everything's going great. He's just like, if you ever meet someone, you'll know exactly what I'm talking about. Oh, yeah, yeah. That, you know, she's just going to be an old cat lady. Yeah. <laughs> that is true. Yeah. Uh, there's a line uh, when when uh, Vic's, uh, you know, when Vic's wife shows up with the kids, and Claudette says, hey, Paula, you ever do any babysitting? And then she's like, I work here, don't I? <laughs> That was a good line. Oh, that Paula. She's the yeah. office cut-up. 
Well, I think it's her later on that says that she's, you know, when Danny comes back in and says, you know, talking about Dutch, she goes, mm-hmm. I almost kissed Dutch. And then she, and then Paula's like, oh my God, why? <laughs> yeah. And she's like, was he devastated? <laughs> <laughs> no, he's the one who pulled away from me. Uh, <laughs> I know, shoot me, right? <laughs> Everyone hates Dutch. Yeah. <laughs> Poor guy. I hear you. Okay. Uh, like, I like when uh, when Claudette's interviewing Corinne or interrogating her, I should say. Uh, and she's and she, Corinne's just like, Vic works a lot of overtime. And Claudette says, is that what he tells you? Oh, yeah. Is that what he tells you? Yeah. A what a bitch. <laughs> just out in this motherfucker. I mean, the one good thing is I guess she didn't – at least she didn't mention the fact that, like, Emma was at his apartment when uh, <laughs> Ryan was getting his face burned and shit like that, like. He could have been like, oh, yeah, Vic was with this other woman last night. Uh, there's a good line with Claudette. and When she's upstairs bitching at Aceveda about, you know, here, here, here's what happened. Vic was, you know, T.O.'s landlord and all that shit. And when she gets done with that whole explanation, she goes, and uh, so why do you get in my way? And then Aceveda's like, I made a mistake. And then she's like, you're just now realizing that? <laughs> yeah. That was great. I always wish that she would add a son in there. I always liked when she calls him son. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> that was condescending be... to him. <laughs> but he's like this young kid. Uh, there's another good line by her uh, right at the very end where, you know, after Shane and Lem leave, after they tell Vic what happened, and Vic's just there, and she just walks in, and she's just, like, staring at him. And she, <laughs> and she goes, we both know. What happened to Ronnie? That's on you. It's all on you. Yeah. Like, it was such a good line. Like I think that's the that might be like the last spoken dialogue of the episode before the stupid montage. Uh yeah. Hey, I think you're probably right on that one. That's, but she, that's a good closing line she, for sure. She's so awesome when she comes in. Like cause she just opens the door and it's like it's kind of dark and you just see her and she's you could tell she she's pissed. But yeah. you know. She knows, like, well, I there's nothing I could do now. It's got to be such a weird place to work at now, especially yeah. for Vic, because, like, everyone knows what kind of a shithole he is. Like, so many people in this precinct now know that, you know, he's responsible for things. Yeah. That they may not be able to prove, but they know. So uh, it's just got to be weird going to work every day. I, I hear you. <laughs> I would be way too uncomfortable in that environment. That's why I don't go to my job and murder people. That's just Oh, me. yeah. <laughs> That's why you do it? Yeah. All right. <laughs> it would just be awkward with the other co-workers? Yeah. All right. Many people. <laughs> whatever, whatever keeps you from pulling the trigger. <laughs> oh, God. You got any other quotes? Uh, yeah, I got, like, uh, when Corinne was kind of hashing it out with uh, Vic, and she's like, I got more truth from her in ten minutes than I have from you in a year. Yeah, that was a good one. Damn. (laughs) That's harsh. Uh, I like when Shane comes in, uh, like, basically Vic is with uh, Lainey and Aceveda, and Shane bursts in. The cripple called. I mean, the (laughs) handicapped guy called. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's a good one. Just good cover. Yeah. Um, and uh, the one good part of the bug guy scene was uh, 
the guy they're interviewing the guy who was taking too long in line and he got bug sprayed and uh, he's like the, the guy who owns the restaurant is like every day this guy is fucking holding up my line and the guy goes i was reading the menu and the owner goes hot dogs hamburgers that's it <laughs> uh, yeah hot dogs hamburgers that's it <clears throat> uh so that's good i like that part uh there was also a good line uh when the strike team goes and Shane hits that dude with the with the tire iron and shit, they're, they're trying to find Armadillo as they're leaving. And the dude's laying on the floor and Shane just yells, enjoy the wheelchair, asshole. <laughs> so that was good. I like the Van Bro when they're like, we're going to get you some new wheels. He's like, something sporty. Yeah, something sporty. <laughs> yeah. That's pretty great. All right. Yeah. Oh, uh, Armadillo's every scar is a victory. This is just my biggest. Yeah. Damn. It would have been. Not for that guy with the knife. Yeah, that guy with the knife put an end to that dude. Yep. All right. Well, uh, best guest star. Who do you get got on this one? I went with wheelchair guy. I mean. Penbro, yeah. Yeah. He's good. What's his name? Penbro. Banbro. Like Van Gogh, because he's a painter. (laughs) But bro. <laughs> Holy shit! I never, I never picked up on that. They call him Van Bro on the show. Oh yeah, several oh. times. Wow, I've never noticed that. Yep, that's his <laughs> official name. <laughs> Van Bro. All right. Okay. Well, yeah, that, that's who I went with. That guy. Yeah, that guy is pretty great. Yeah, he's awesome. Um, I went with Sung Kang. Uh, who was like the Asian kid that they were interviewing? Uh, the guy who beat up the other guy. The guy that um, cries? Yeah. <laughs> See uh-huh. the part where he's crying, like he's going for it. I can't tell if it's the worst thing I've ever seen or the most authentic thing I've ever seen. <laughs> but he's sure going for it. <laughs> um, apparently that's the guy who plays Han in the Fast and Furious movies, which I've never seen. But I guess he's a big part of that, so. Oh. <laughs> All right. So at least he's got some uh, some other credits. Uh, well, apparently, like if you listen to How Did This Get Made or whatever, there's supposed to be justice for Han. Is that is that where that comes from? Yeah, I believe they killed him off, and then like they became best friends with like the guy who killed him. I think. Oh, <laughs> like, I want to say Jason Statham was the one who killed him. Uh, and they're like, and now that they're working with him, and they're like, yeah, what the fuck? That's pretty shitty. Oh, I see. All right. Yeah, I, I saw the first one. I, saw, I think I saw that one, too. My roommate in college had it. Yeah. Well, I think it was one of those, it was like Saturday afternoon, and I was like, oh, let's just, this is back when it was, I, I don't even think there was a sequel yet. It was just on HBO, and I was like, I got to see how bad this movie is. And, like, we watched it, and it was fun. Like, it's like, it's so bad, it's good almost. But then part two was just bad, and then I just kind of gave up. Yeah. Yep, I haven't seen them. Now they're, I don't know what they're on. Nine. Uh, Yeah, I think the next one will be nine. (laughs) It's going to keep going forever. All right, uh, MVP of the episode. Claudette. (laughs) Yeah, that's fair. It has to be Claudette for me. She's all everybody in this episode. Yeah, she is a smart, smart cookie. Yeah, uh, she she, she put everything together. Yeah. Yeah. 
They're not afraid to take any, uh, you know, take their their guff either. I like when uh, when they're trying to figure out, you know, oh, Vic's trying to get in there with her into the interrogation room with uh, Armadillo, and she's just like, maybe I'll tell Lainey, <laughs> give her the facts of the case, see what she says. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that shuts them up real quick. Oh. Yeah, that's pretty good. Who do you got? Uh, I went with Shane and Len. Uh, yeah, for, yeah, I can see getting that. Getting Vic's ass out of the fire. <laughs> yeah, I can see that. Yeah, so I, I, they weren't in the episode as much as Claudette. Like, they didn't have as much screen time, for sure. Um, but, man, like, I thought I thought it was great seeing them really come through this time. And Vic was super grateful. And it was just nice to see them be very competent and really get this thing going when uh, there was no other hope left out there. And it seemed like Vic was going down for sure. And they didn't let him just go down. They're like, no, we got to save him. He's, he's our friend and our leader, and we're going to fucking do this. Yeah. All right. Yeah, I can, I can I can approve Shane and Lim. Yeah, they're my co-winners. Yeah, makes sense. I think it was. I mean, really, it was mostly Shane. It seems like so. For once, Shane did not fuck up. Yeah, that's true. He will not be getting the Vendrell Cup this week. Not this week, but probably next week. Who knows? <laughs> Most likely. All right. Uh, now speaking of the Vendrell Cup. For the biggest fuck up of this episode, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, on paper, to everyone in the barn, it's got to be Danny, but she didn't actually really do anything wrong. Well, I just went with Vic, because if Vic didn't yeah. act like an asshole in the first place, nobody would be in this situation now. Yeah, or they just killed him. <laughs> yeah, this whole thing's Vic's fuck up. That's true. Yeah, I don't like to reach back into the past, but yeah. This uh, this definitely all is his fault entirely. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's fair. Because nobody else really fucked up. No. Everybody else solved their cases. I mean, Claudette kind of fucked up in that she didn't get anybody. She didn't wasn't able to bust Vic. But well, when you're keeping is trying. Yeah. Makes it hard. That's true. That is true. All right, the Dumpy Award for the worst part of this episode. I actually have several contenders. Oh, I do too. I got um. <laughs> well, what do you got? Uh, let's see. I'll start small and work my way up here. Um, we'll alternate. I uh, want Vic's brown jacket for one of them. <laughs> oh yeah, what was up with that thing? Yeah, he, he's he's usually wearing you know his leather jacket and shit like that, but this time he just got this weird brown like winter coat type thing <laughs> it's like what yeah. you're in la you can just wear the same jacket all the time yeah he put that on it's like what the hell yeah <laughs> he's wearing it most of the episode it's just like don't you don't look like big mackie uh-uh no yeah it looks like that jacket jerry seinfeld had where they had like the the pink and white interior that he doesn't want to get wet when he meets elaine's dad yeah looks like that jacket <laughs> um that sounds far away I went with, like, the whole Danny and Dutch uh, detective team, you know. I, I, I went with that bullshit, Danny and Bug Spray guy and all that shit. Yeah, that was one for me for sure. The, the whole Bug Spray thing, like, that could have been all right in a different episode, but there was so much going on in this episode that you didn't need another plot line. Yeah, Armadillo like, dies two in Two-thirds of the way through. <laughs> you know what I mean? Armadillo. Yeah. Died. Like we don't we don't need a a goofy bug spray guy. Like we could have yeah, like you said, like save that for something else. 
Yeah, that leads into my next thing. It's like, this should have been more about the Armadillo plot. Like, you could lose the bug spray thing and then do more with the Armadillo plot. Like, you've been building up for episodes now that, oh, you know, Armadillo's out there. we got to get him. You finally get him. He has one scene with Claudette that goes on for, like, a minute. One scene with Vic that goes on for about a minute. And then he's dead. <laughs> yeah. It's like, the, you could have put... You could have done more with this, I think. There would have been a better, bigger payoff if you had built this up a little bit more once you actually got a hold of Armadillo. Like, I would get why you have to kill him quickly because you don't want him spilling the you know, the beans, but there could have been a little more interaction between him and our main characters once they actually caught him. Yeah. I hear you. So, that's probably my biggest one. <clears throat> and then, you know, anything Vic at home... <laughs> Vic and Holmes always going to get the Dumpy Award for me. This one I didn't think was that bad. I mean, I guess there's the scene where he goes and he's trying to get more days and stuff like that, but at least the kids weren't there for that, so he was just kind of talking about them. <laughs> so three, you can't even do three dinners a night, and you're talking about weekends? It's like, yeah. Sure, baby. <laughs> he's never happy, man. She's she's definitely is not. Well. I don't know. Poor Vic. <laughs> Just can't win. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, let's get into our recasting segment. Who would they be if they weren't on the shield? Once again, we've been looking at wrestlers this season. Uh, trying to find different wrestler roles that our uh, people from the Shield could take on, and uh, so let's start. We're gonna do this week. We're gonna do Ronnie and Danny, mm. <laughs> everyone's favorite characters. Yeah. All right. So I, I like you to go first. I always like to hear who you think. All right. Which one would you like to do? Uh, whatever. Whatever you would prefer. I don't care. All right. Um, let's do Danny, uh, right. Catherine Dent. I feel much less good about this one, <laughs> I think, right. of the two. Uh, but I was looking up, you know, like lady wrestlers and trying to figure out somebody who looked, you know, kind of Danny-ish. Um, and so I went with later on in her career, uh, Molly Holly. Uh, um, <laughs> <laughs> like I... apparently she kind of had this very short mannish haircut. <laughs> You know, real yeah. Karen kind of haircut. And yeah. I was like, all right, yep, yeah, that looks like Danny. Yeah. <laughs> like, Molly Holly was like, she was bubbly in personality, all personality. Oh, okay. You know what I mean? yeah, Which you're not, not going to get from just looking her up. I, I under, So I could see why Molly Holly, but I could see why not Molly Holly. Yeah. You make a, a solid case against her for sure. But, uh, you know, maybe at some point she was just devoid of personality. <laughs> um, maybe she got divorced a couple of times and was just beat yeah. down on life. Yeah, I hear you. Uh, speaking of devoid of personality and bad haircuts, uh, I went with Bailey. Uh, <laughs> Bailey is a new wrestler, like well, new meaning like she's current. Uh, yeah. She still, yeah. she still wrestles. She has she's the champ, I think. Uh, but she 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 recently got a bad haircut and she's not like she just she's just so entertaining that I just went with Bailey. <laughs> um i can see that yeah oh, i also man. went with wendy richter wendy richter i don't know if you know who this is but she was very prominent back during the original wrestlemania 
Um, she was like Cindy Lauper. Like Cindy Lauper was kind of her manager with Lou Albano and uh, that David guy who was always hanging around Cindy Lauper. But anyways, I, I, I say Wendy Richter just because like she just had like just a regular old kind of body and you know <laughs> you know nothing too yeah not, nothing to write home about. Yeah, like if Danny wrestled in the '80s, she would definitely just be Wendy Richter, just regular old <laughs> wrestling. And then uh, I'm looking at her now, and I can see that. <laughs> And then the only other name I could come up with for for uh, Danny was um, I don't know if you know her or not uh, China. Yes. Yeah. Her I do know. I think it's the jawline. Like yeah. He kind of has a a little bit of a protruding jawline, and China was very jawliney. <laughs> that sounds very accurate. Yeah, I, I should have thought of her. <laughs> yeah. So that's what I that's that like. All right, so let's let's hear let's hear who you got for Ronnie, because Ronnie All was right. <laughs> again. I'm not basing it on much. Uh, <laughs> I kind of just went for mustache. So for Ronnie, I went with ravishing Rick Rude. <laughs> uh, if he grew his hair out in like a mullet, I could see him very much so being ravishing Rick Rude. I loved Rick Rude so much. <laughs> He was so awesome as a wrestler. He really was. He was always a bad guy, at least, you know, when I remember. I don't ever remember him being a good dude. He was always a bad guy. And he was just such a dick. Because, like, <laughs> he would, like, he would come out and he'd be like, all right, all you fat pieces of shit. Well, he wouldn't say shit. Like Dutch last episode? Yeah, just sit down and let your women take a look at this as I take my robe off. And then, like, you know, they do, like, stripper music. And, you know, he was super, <laughs> you know, like, he was super in shape and stuff. And then he always did this thing where, like, he would, like, he would take, like, uh, the palm of his hand and, like, wipe the sweat off his brow and then, you know, like, whip it into the crowd. You know, <laughs> just, like, he was odd. I loved Rick Rude. He was great. <laughs> That's awesome. I love that guy. <laughs> that all sounds just like Ronnie. Yeah. Ripping with animal magnetism oh yeah yeah <laughs> um so here's who i went with for for ronnie um i got a few uh <laughs> i went with uh, the obvious one kane because uh, you know <laughs> back in the day kane was supposed to be all burnt up and shit like he got burnt in a fire and then like they took his mask off and he was all fucked up and shit but then over the years like that all went away all of a sudden he had like no burns and his eyes are now both the same color again. I don't know what happened. <laughs> but back in the day, old Kane, Kane was all burn up. So Ronnie's burn up, Kane's burn up. He could be Kane. That makes sense. <laughs> um, another guy I went with is uh, somebody named IRS, Erwin R. Scheister. And he was basically just a guy that did your taxes. But he wrestled. <laughs> and he was also like no personality, just boring. Like he just, he wore glasses and a briefcase to the ring. And he, he, he was a great, like he was at one time, like a really good wrestler. His name was Mike Rotundo and he and Barry Windham were like tag team champions and stuff. But then like they, you know, they gave him this new character where he was like a, like a tax man. It was terrible. He's also I like it. That'd be my gimmick. I think he's the dad to Bray Wyatt these days. If, if you know who Bray Wyatt is, he, he's like kind of like a, he's Max Katie from uh, Cape fear of the WWE. He does that kind oh, of nice. stick, but that's his dad. Uh, I went with him and then uh, I put Marty Jannetty down. He was like Shawn Michaels tag team partner. So basically I just went with Marty Jannetty just because like, once again, like not, 
I don't know. I, I don't want to say he didn't have any personality, but compared to Shawn Michaels, like he's not. Oh, yeah. You know what yeah. I mean? So like compared to Vic, like Ronnie's nothing. He, he means nothing to that squad. He's just a body. He and then <laughs> the only other name I, I came up with with Ronnie was uh, John Cena. And the only reason I picked John Cena is because <laughs> you can't see him. That's it. Like, yep. Ronnie's never around. So he's John Cena because you can't see him. As soon as you said that, I was like, oh, I get it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, see, I didn't know if you knew the John Cena, you can't see me thing. (laughs) Yeah. I've seen a meme here and there. Yeah. (laughs) I'm in the internet. Yeah, yeah. I've been around a little bit. (laughs) Can't see me. I like it. Oh, by the way, uh, we can't leave yet, Jake. We got to talk about Sleepaway Camp because I'm in the midst of a Sleepaway Camp marathon today. I got part three on now, but I did watch Return to Sleepaway Camp this afternoon. Ooh, you finally yeah. did it. I watched it, yeah. It's now, where did you find this? Sucks. It's on um, dailymotion.com. Is that is that the name of that site? Okay. Yeah, you can watch it on there. It's in two parts. Uh, it's translated. Like, the, you know, it's all in English and everything, but there's, I think, a Spanish translation at the bottom. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's one of those deals. Yeah. But it, it, it's not a big deal. But, oh, man, is it garbage. <laughs> it really is garbage. How did they fuck it up? What what they it's do? Just, well, the acting's just so – it's kind of meatballs, but then every once in a while somebody gets killed. But it's just every once in a while. Mm-hmm. And then, like, you know, Angela's only in it for, like, the last 45 seconds. Really? Yeah, and Ricky's in it maybe three minutes. It, it's just, it's terrible. I hated it. Is it the real Ricky? Yeah, it's the real Ricky, yeah. And he's like, remember how bad Ricky was in the original Sleepaway Camp as far uh-huh. as, he got worse. <laughs> he got oh, no. He's way forced, and I don't know, it's weird, but oh. Sleepaway Camp's so good, though. Yeah, that movie's great. Yeah, we should really just do a commentary track someday. We'll we should sit here yeah. and watch Sleepaway Camp and talk about it. I know, I know. I think we can definitely fill that up. All right. <laughs> so once again, Jank, it's Mackie's Clubhouse at Yahoo.com. Yeah, I have gotten some very nice emails from people, uh, so keep those coming. And uh, if you want that prize, go back and listen to uh, you know the episode before the season one finale <laughs> for the answer <laughs> to our question of who Larry wanted Connie to play in the world of superheroes. Um, and if you can send me that answer, you'll get a prize. Now, Jake, next season, season three, are we doing like recasting? What are we going to do next season? Cause these are getting hard. Uh, well, that's why I want to do something. We can both sink our teeth into uh, probably eighties movies. Hmm. All right. Yeah. I thought you were gonna say lunch meats. Right. <laughs> this one's definitely a cabagool. Yeah, cabagool. <laughs> All right. Yeah. So next week, I think we have the co-pilot episode, which is that flashback episode to what like the first day at the barn was like when they were all just kind of transferring in. Um, the very divisive co-pilot episode, I guess. Uh, and then I think after that, we'll also get to finally meet their new uh, strike team member, I believe. Oh. Yeah, once we get back to normal time. 
Now, do you even remember who the new Strike Team member was? I don't. No. Nope. Oh, damn. I was going to say Is it like somebody that. famous? No. <laughs> Not at all. All right. <laughs> no. Okay, all right. well, that'll be something next week, then. So look forward to that, folks. That'll be someone else we can do for the wrestlers, at least. <laughs> there we go. Oh, okay. Nice. There we go. All right. Well, I guess that's it. So until uh, next week. Bye, motherfuckers. Bye, motherfucker. Hey, Mo! Your sister's ass really tastes as sweet as Alvarez here says it does. He wants to know what your mama's putting in the cone muffin. <laughs> <laughs>